Hey, it's Hoda Kotb, and you're about to listen to a special episode of NBC's Olympics podcast, The Podium. Hear the stories that have dominated the Winter Olympics so far, plus athletes share what it took to make it in Beijing. So stay right there to listen to this special episode. And don't forget to follow The Podium wherever you get your podcasts. You know that favorite tune? It gets under your skin and you wear out the replay button. It becomes a soundtrack to a specific period of your life. Hear that song again and it instantly takes you back to that summer, that winter, or even those Olympics. Today on the podium, the soundtrack to Olympic greatness. From NBC Sports, this is The Podium, a podcast about the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. I'm your host, Lauren Shahadi, coming to you every day from the ground with a unique angle on the performances that are carving what's possible on ice and snow. Hello and welcome to Big Air Show Gang for the final of the men's Big Air freestyle skiing at these Olympic Winter Games. Making its debut at Beijing 2022 after being added to the Olympic program four years ago. This event requires athletes to perform their most difficult tricks by launching themselves off a large jump here at the Big Air Show Gang. Big Air requires big commitment and commands big time focus. In fact, we did a whole episode earlier this season about what it takes to push the limits of what can be done off a ski jump, which is why it might seem a bit surprising that many of the athletes are listening to music through earphones while doing all this. Turns out, when you're spinning triple corks, it actually helps to have a tune on heavy rotation. Colby Stevenson, switch double cork, 1800. Pressure was on. My name's Colby Stevenson. I'm a free skier from Park City, and I just won a silver medal in free ski big air. Colby, congratulations. Just won silver in the inaugural men's ski big air in Beijing. And you're known a bit more for slope style and knuckle huck disciplines. In fact, in fact, you burst onto the skiing scene with the next game's run. Now, Colby Stevenson needs a 96 here, Tom. Everybody chasing Burke Root for gold. I see you on the screen just lip-syncing away jamming. And I got to know, what song was it? Oh, shoot. I remember I watched, I re- we rewatched that before the last Knuckle Huck, and I, I remember hearing something, but I couldn't quite make out the words exactly. It might have been a Nas song or, or some old school hip hop for sure, but I'm not sure which one it was. How common is it for skiers and snowboarders to have earphones in while they're competing? Um, I would say probably half the field uses music. Um, Henrik and I, this is like the first comp that we decided not to listen to music like in our ears uh, with, with, with in the headphones. We usually have it cranked up super loud, but I've just been kind of relying a little too much on the music, I think, to like 
have a good performance. So like if I don't land my run, I'll just be like, oh, like it wasn't the right song or something, you know. But uh, so I just wanted to kind of step back away from that and uh, just remember that music's, you know, what keeps me in the moment. And, you know, it's almost like background noise to just kind of like calm the nerves. Uh, that's why I just play it in my pocket through the speaker uh, and I can just hear it um, like before I drop in and stuff and just, yeah, keep that same mentality of just being in the moment and uh, get a little extra hype from the from the tracks. Yeah, let it motivate you, right? And Henrik Harlow, Swedish skier who just won bronze, he even name drops his favorite artists on the podium. Wu-Tang is for the children! Yeah, I mean, Wu-Tang, I definitely listened to a lot in high school and like coming up and he always says Wu-Tang is for the children. It's like um, Henrik really made it a big thing in skiing. He started it, huh? Back to today. What's the track that got you silver? Today, my first jump was uh, another Nas song, and Nas and AZ called The Flyest. And uh, it just puts you in a really good like vibe when you listen to it, for sure. Definitely uh, gave me some motivation. The chorus is not something I can be singing right now, but you can look it up or something. We'll take your word for it. But are you are you using music to tune out the noise and the pressure or, or tune into the moment? Mostly trying to just like like quiet the self-talk, you know, quiet that voice in your head. You know, it's all, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Like, but the voice in your head is not what you want when you're trying to perform your best because you're already you're doing tricks that you know you can do, and you just got to trust your instinct almost and just get out of your head. And uh, but yeah, in some some music like you listen to for the lyrics and, and like the beat. Like, I feel like the frequency kind of goes with the same frequency that we're, we're skiing with. You know, like, the beat of a hip-hop song kind of just goes with, you know, when I'm dropping in and, you know, carving and, like, just skiing in general. Like, I love free skiing with, with music, too. Like, just ripping turns to some songs. It just, it just goes hand-in-hand, hand, I think. We all can relate when that song matches the moment perfectly, right? Like our feet somehow literally walk to the beat. What does that look like for you skiing then? Um, yeah, I mean, you'll know when you have the right song on because uh, it's just flowing so well together. And a lot of times you'll be so in the flow state that you don't even notice. It doesn't even feel like re real life. Like you don't even notice what part of the song you're at. But then you'll have like one moment in that slope style run, for example, where you like think about the lyrics or you like you start rapping. I've definitely had it where I'm like midair, just like rapping a lyric or something without even realizing it. Uh, well, you definitely made everyone following the metal count groove a, a little bit more today. And you'll always associate today's song with this moment in time. I actually want to say one more thing about music. I was listening to classic rock on the way on the bus ride to the jump this morning. And... Uh, Fly Like an Eagle came on, just ran, just like shuffled on by a Steve Miller band. And I was like, this is a perfect song, like going on. Like here I am about to compete for the Stars and Stripes and uh, gonna go fly like an eagle out there. So kind of, uh, kind of felt right, you know. It was meant to be, meant to be for sure. For our next guests, the songs that they choose to accompany their metal-earning moments are not just in their ears, but part and parcel to the experience of a whole arena. Madison Hubble and Zachary Donahue, 
So here are Madison Hubble and Zach Donahue, the three-time world medalist, long men, one of the top teams in the world. Last time around at the Olympics, they just missed the podium in the individual event. Madison said, I took everything so seriously. This time around, I just want to be in a constant state of joy. You know, Janet Jackson wasn't on our radar, and then we tried dancing to it with our choreographer, and right away we just fell in love. The original piece we danced to was actually All For You, which is another classic hit. But um, as we started exploring the music, you know, Rhythm Nation just felt like it was going to be a great way to kind of get the crowd involved and, and have that Olympic moment. Mm-hmm. So you brought an incredibly late 80s vibe to the ice today. I need my scrunchie. And it carried you right to the podium. But I want to rewind a little bit. What's it like to choose the music for your routines every season? I mean, I have a hard time starting a running playlist. Where do you start when it's for your career? The music process is, you know, sometimes easy, sometimes hard. Uh, That springtime is certainly a moment that we're glued to our Spotify's. Hmm. But um, this year in particular, uh, the ISU chose a really fun theme of urban dance, and it was very open to all different genres, um, funk, groove, hip hop. And we kind of just led uh, our way into the music by learning a lot of different dances, trying a lot of different styles of music. And out of all the different genres, you landed on Janet. Have you ever seen the video clips? Is that a point of inspiration? We were actually very lucky to work with uh, Vincent Moiseau, who was a dancer for Janet on um, one of her last tours. And uh, he was able to bring some of that very iconic choreography to life and to kind of embed some of that Janet zhuzh (laughs) into, into the works. Yeah, you know, um, we love our coaching team and we've worked with Marie France on most of our programs and and this year in particular, she had an image for us at the beginning of the season, which was not necessarily Janet. And when we came to her and said, you know, we are starting to fall in love with this music, she right away knew the pieces that she wanted to work with and luckily for us she was a huge fan and she started you know bringing the music videos in there were many sessions that we just you know put the music video on the boards and we just started trying to copy what we could and trying to learn what aspects of those iconic movements could be put on the ice and uh, as zach said we you know the stars aligned and our choreographer in montreal is great friends with this man vincent who you know one of his absolute idols was janet and then he was on tour with her as a backup dancer and so we just had this very um inspired off season working with a lot of people who not only had our best interest at heart but were just huge janet jackson fans and and we kind of became even bigger janet jackson fans in the process and you know we've gotten messages from you know the person that actually produced the album Mm -hmm. And he said that Janet watched and loved it. And just knowing that she, you know, even knows who we are and, and watched and, and was excited about it, that, that means a lot to us. And, you know, we're looking forward to competing again. Ah, uh, that's such a better story than I could imagine. Describe the choreography and how you built it. I would say probably all of Rhythm Nation is very different in its styling for us. It took us a long time to figure out 
timing, shapes, cleanliness, um, the precision of each movement. You know, Janet is a very picky um, mm-hmm. woman when it comes to her choreography. Uh, we heard from Vincent about how many, how uh, precise she would be on details down to fingers matching. Um, and so for us to, you know, kind of break the usual sensation of we just go with our feelings and naturality to really take on her style was um, a very fun, at times very frustrating project mm-hmm. that uh, kind of led to what we now have as Rhythm Nation. I'd say that's probably the most iconic uh, part of it. Yeah, and I would say uh, the ISU kind of opened up the, the rules a little bit within this program and they really wanted people to take a street style and have the freedom to touch the ice where usually any part of your body touching the ice other than your blade would be considered a fall. And in our first piece, which we danced to nasty, we ended up wanting to revamp and make it even more iconic. And, and there's a part where we both go down onto our knees, which otherwise would have been, you know, a fall, but it certainly gets a crowd reaction and, <laughs> A few bruises to be had from from doing that, but it's all well worth it. And uh, I think it it definitely stands out when we look back on our career. We'll be like, that was a cool year. Mm-hmm. You can say that again. How did you get to this routine that seems to really inspire you? Well, we're given uh, one of our program themes. Um, so that gives us a good starting point. But that's generally, I find that in our career, at least that's generally the one that we come to second. We kind of finish a season already knowing what we'd like to explore for our free dance. Um, and we start listening to music and it's odd if we haven't picked some front runners by the time we get to Worlds. Um, and so the early spring just kind of starts. We, we put everything on the ice uh, and we just mess around. There's no choreography. There's just us skating and feeling and seeing what moves us and you know, kind of letting the coaches see if they spot any kind of magic. And then we start to build slowly from there and play and experiment. And uh, honestly, we, we tend to start off with an idea and the music can sometimes take us somewhere completely different or it can build on that concept and become something magical. But it all kind of starts with that initial, let's slap on the playlist for free dance or short dance ideas and, um, you know, see where the day takes us and see if anything clicks. Wow. So you're improvising, really. Do you skate together or apart? Uh, I mean, we'll skate kind of next to each other. If if Maddie feels something, she'll just go off and skate to it, and we'll watch each other, and kind of the same for me. Um, but most of the things, even though we don't have choreography, we want to feel how it feels to move with each other, what emotion and connection kind of comes through as we both listen to the music and where it takes us as a team. So you must play these songs back to back to back hundreds of times. Are you able to enjoy them on a daily basis outside the rink? That for me becomes a taboo subject as soon as we choreograph to something. I like (laughs) to leave it on the ice. Um, Those songs in particular, definitely if I'm like, you know what, I really need to get in the mood, I'll throw some other tracks on because, again, iconic and it's so hard to ignore the styling that's behind it. But uh, for me, yeah, the uh, skating program is in a separate folder. Yeah, sometimes as I as I get through the season, we, you know, of course, we can't use the entirety of each song and we pick and choose what we think is best for our cut. But we have a lot of pieces of that of the music that we aren't able to utilize and and what I like to do sometimes if I feel like I'm starting to lose a little bit of the connection or or the muscle memory is is becoming, you know, second nature, you almost don't hear the music, you just follow a pattern. 
I like to put on the original track and listen to the whole song in its entirety and, and try to come back to the feeling that the music gives me and, and let that guide me instead of just, you know, repeating what we've practiced. You talk about feeling the music. Are either of you musically inclined? <laughs> this guy right here is very musical. <laughs> yeah, I've played a lot of instruments uh, over my lifetime, guitar, piano, drums. Um, my brother played trumpet, so I tried that once. That's, that's not for me. Um, but yeah, no, I love music. And he's a wonderful singer. <laughs> I always say that. He doesn't like it when I share it, but... It's okay. <laughs> Too humble. So when people watch the replay of your program, what do you want them to think? Well, I hope that they see two people that are very grateful to be here and ready to just skate their best, attack for Team USA, and uh, take in every moment. And I hope, the, you know, the music selection, of course, we always hope that it draws the audience in. Mm -hmm. There aren't many people that go to a figure skating event live and walk away saying, that was no fun. It is just an amazing sport, and there's so much energy behind it. And so when people watch the performance, I hope they're drawn in by the, the, the music choice, the costume, are dancing, and, and they become lifelong fans of the sport, not necessarily of us. It's okay, <laughs> just the sport. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, for me personally, my fiancé is here representing Spain in the same the Ice Dance event, and I think that's something that, you know, not too many people get to experience, not only being an Olympian and a two-time Olympian, and but my fiancé also being a two-time Olympian and, and being here together and even today, he was there to, you know, give me one of my first hugs after we officially became silver medalists. And he'll be one of the first people to hold my medal tomorrow. So, you know, a lot of a lot of family vibes here. Wow. Sharing that moment with someone special. You're planning a wedding soon. Now I want to know what's on the playlist. What's it going to look like? Um, <laughs> you know what? Um, the song that we've been obsessed with for like the last year and for Adrian it's just because he likes the song for me it's of course because I love Schitt's Creek but simply the best and the version from and we're keeping the whole thing the whole intro from Schitt's Creek I'm positive about it so I think <laughs> there's that one that will definitely be played I'm not sure if first dance probably and then and then bust into the Tina Turner version of course you gotta have the dance version too if you think this wedding's not gonna be choreographed and have like no not choreography and, it's just a no party. like you're gonna have like music like Hugo is gonna totally like pimp up your playlist and everything's gonna be cut and edited yeah and, yeah, yeah for sure it. I love it <laughs> For the first time ever, the Super Bowl and Winter Olympics will be on the same day and the same network. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Super Bowl halftime show lineup featuring Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Competition continues at the Winter Olympics tonight. And don't miss Super Bowl 56 as the LA Rams take on the Cincinnati Bengals February 13th on NBC and Peacock. Follow The Podium now on Apple Podcasts to get automatic downloads. And tune into the networks of NBC to watch every moment of the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. <laughs>